1: Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On
0: Sox podcast with Tanny and Herb. Herb. Hello, and welcome back to Locked On Sox. My name is Herb Lawrence. You can follow me on Twitter. It is at Ecknerwall23. 23. That is Lawrence spelled backwards. Chris Tannehill is at Chris Tannehill, and our show is on Locked On Sox on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Go and subscribe there. You can find our pretty faces there on YouTube at Locked On Socks three one two five six six eight seven two seven is the way you can leave a voice message and a couple of you guys left a, a voice message or two. But we got more Locked On Socks at Gmail, which is our email. At the time, it is Chris Tannehill, and it is our off night. But looking into—well, sorry—we're looking forward to—and we're looking looking forward to the Milwaukee series up there <laughs> in the good land. How you doing?
1: I'm fine. Yeah, we are going to open up the mailbag. We'll preview the Sox and Brewers series, and uh, we'll give you some news here off the top. But we are brought to you by Spotify Green Room. Download the Spotify Green Room app and find one of our locked-on rooms. Uh, A bit of news here today, and I will start with the one I think that affects the White Sox more so than the other does out of the two news items I have selected here. The first news item that I believe affects the White Sox more so than anything is this trade between the Twins and the Rays. The Twins have sent D.H. Nelson Cruz to the Tampa Bay Rays in exchange, uh, actually, also uh, they they send a right-handed pitcher as well, uh, Calvin Foucher or Falker, uh, to the Tampa Bay Rays in exchange for right-handed pitchers Joe Ryan and Drew Stottman. So the Twins get two AAA, close to being major league ready pitcher, pitching prospects, and the Tampa Bay Rays get Nelson Cruz, and they fortify their lineup a bit. It's already a good lineup. And now they add one of the prominent right-handed bats to that lineup. And we were just talking about this the other day. I was hoping they would stay in Minnesota and rot. But this is the only move to make if you're the Twins. He was on an expiring – well, he's got the option, right? he got the two-year deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, he did not rule out a return to the Twins. But this is the right move for them. But in most baseball circles, people are saying that this is a great trade for both teams. I know it's a great trade for the Rays. Uh, I, you know, this does a lot, I think, for – this is like the arms race here in the American League, you know, this does affect the White Sox, I believe. You can go back to the offseason where Nelson Cruz is a guy that we both said that the Sox should have signed and here he is. He's going to be on, uh, you know, you thought he's going to be on one of your direct competitors anyway, uh but he ends up being on one of the teams that you may even have to have to face, let's be real. They could lose in in the play-in game to the A's, uh but the Rays got better today and uh, that's a scary thought, Herb.
0: Yeah, they did and um yeah, I think you warned me the other day about, you know, Nelson Cruz leaving Minnesota. Not great, but coming back to a team like Oakland or even worse, a team like Tampa. Just rooting for Oakland now to win that wild card, <laughs> or Tampa Bay Rays to take over the East there. Because, yeah, Nelson Cruz eats White Sox pitching all the time. I mean, we've had good success with him a couple times this year, but we know a home run's coming and a series that we're going to play versus him. So. Good on the Rays to go and get a premium bat like Nelson Cruz even though he's 40 41 years old. Um I'm glad I'm never going to see him as a 20 again and I know you said they might re-sign him and, or he might, you know, opt out and go back to them but I just don't want to see him ever again. I just I'm good. He's proven time and time again that he's going to hit no matter how old he is. So stay in Tampa, then go to the National League and find a glove please or retire. Hell, I don't give a damn.
1: (laughs) And in turn, the twins get two solid uh, pitching prospects. You know, we are not scouts and we don't follow these prospect lists closely, but uh, most people are saying that these are two solid guys that could pretty much be ready to contribute. And, uh, you know, if you just look at a couple of uh, people who I trust their opinion, both, on a local level, at the Twins level, and then uh, nationally, from a scouting perspective, uh, Brandon Warren, who, uh, who I follow, who's a great Twins follow, uh, he says, I'm not sure how instructive it is, but the fact that the Twins got back two AAA-level pitchers suggests to me that they aren't punting next year. And again, thus unlikely to move any guys under contract through then. And then, of course, Kevin Goldstein, uh, the longtime scout, and he's back doing the media thing. Uh, he said uh, the Twins did very well for a rental bat. Strotman and Ryan ranked number 17 and 18 on the race prospect list. Both have, a, have good pitch data, but Ryan commands it better. Voucher also has some stuff, but location issues. So, you know, uh, this is a, a move that's, I think, a good thing for the Twins. It was the only thing they could do, really, and, you know, you worry about whenever you get uh, some – fresh right-handed pitching injected into the division because we know the White Sox have their deficiencies against right-handed pitching, but uh, most likely are not going to be too troublesome on the White Sox in the near future, but next year and beyond, who knows? But uh, you certainly you, know, you like to see a trade work out for both parties. I, I, when I see a trade where it's pretty clear one side got fleeced, I get angry sometimes because I wonder, Rick Con, what are you doing? Why are you out here fleecing people? But this is going to be very competitive, man, for the next week until the deadline gets here. Like you know, you're going to see you're going to have to part with something to get something. So Rick Khan's job is to decide what he's willing to part with. So of course we'll break that all down as it uh, as it occurs. Or I don't know if you heard Herb. White Sox are already getting two players coming back here. Two, two. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Eloy Jimenez and Luis Robert. And Luis Robert, we didn't mention yesterday, but he began his rehab start. And as we were taping this here on Thursday night, he's in game two of his rehab assignment at Winston-Salem. They threw it back to the Warthogs the other night. And uh, today they're back to be in the dash. And uh, so far he drew a walk in Thursday evening's game. Uh, Through a couple at bats, and uh, that game's still going on. But he did have some some pop to the outfield. Uh, no no success there. No home runs. But he was driving the ball with power uh, to the opposite field. So that was certainly was good to see. So I, I would imagine Luis Robert will not be lingering down in Winston Salem long, and Eloy Jimenez will not be at Charlotte long. So it, it will be good to see those guys back. I miss Luis Robert, man. They they were tweeting out videos. Of Luis Robert from the Winston Salem account, and I was like, "Oh man, that's that. That guy, I miss that guy. He's one of my favorite things about the team, and that's why that injury was so devastating when he went down. So I'm looking forward to Luis Robert returning, hopefully, in the near future. And then there's other news, of course, at Charlotte with the whole You're mean Mercedes thing. And we found out after we did the show last night, as <laughs> I found out this morning, that. What Yermin Mercedes was doing, he was quoting a song. Basically, he copied and pasted the lyrics uh, from a, a Dominican rap song, and he sort of edited it to make it fit his own situation. And we heard Tony La Russa say yesterday in the post game that he was going to try to reach out. And our guy Shane was on the score yesterday with some good info, and he, he talked about how, yes, Tony did reach out. And uh, eventually, Yermin was able to come back home. And uh, he initially was in the lineup at Charlotte, but then he was uh, taken out of the lineup. Eloy was in the lineup last night. But a very odd situation. But the, the bottom line is, uh, as we predicted, uh, Yermin Mercedes is back. And we were saying, you know, you made the great call of saying September call up. And I made the great call of saying Tony's going to convince him to come back. And we don't know who convinced him or what. Maybe it was a combination of things. But Yermin is back. And I, I think for those of us who worried about, the the man and the mental health aspect of it. Whenever someone goes AWOL like that, you worry about those things and, you know, it's good to see that at least he came to his senses because, you know, there's a lot of factors that here that, that are here when when you talk about why someone would do something like this, but it's it's very clear that sometimes just sleeping on it um will will, will at least Cure uh, whatever is ailing you at the moment. You can kind of take a deep breath and reevaluate things. But I think this is the right move for your mean because whether or not he has a future with the White Sox, I, I do think uh, he can. The bat will still play once he make figures out how to make that second time around adjustment to what pitchers were adjusting to him once he figures that part out because he's, he's been raking in Charlotte. So once he figures that yeah. part out at the major league level, I think he'll be all right and he'll stick on with, with somebody, uh, anybody, but the Sox do have him under control for a considerable amount of time here in the future. And I think maybe that was part of the frustration is uh, being under team control and being down at the minor leagues. And as someone alerted me to today on Twitter, um, I, you know, I, your mean is on that absurd management deal with the same company that Fernando Tatis Jr. is under where they take a mm-hmm. huge clump of your of your future earnings. And when your future when your earnings are docked, when you when you get bust back down to the minor league level, you know, that can really sting. So I could see why someone would be frustrated by that. But Herb, it's good to see that Yermin has made, in my mind, the right decision and not quit on himself or his teammates.
0: Yeah, and he came back quickly. That's good to see um It's a relief because I was thinking more of, you know, he's mentally, I mean, he still might be, he still might be mentally out of it and it's not good for him, but I was thinking more on the dire situation. So it's better that it's, you know, something more benign as it, as it turns out to be, hopefully, and that he is getting either the good counsel that he needs or somebody in his ear that's saying, hey man. We need you in the lineup. You need to act as a grown-up. You need to act this way. And if you do need time off, take it off. But the internet stuff, the playing on the internet, people are concerned about you. And this is not going to get people in your corner. This is not going to get you back to where you need to be, where you want to be in the Major League. So, yeah, I would love for D'Armin to go down there and continue to rake and continue to do the things that he does with the bat. That confidence you get down in major and minor leagues can insert itself on the major league level. It's like, hey, these are the same pitchers. I know how to hit. I just need to get my head right. And that's what he needs to do get, get your head right. Come back to the major league squad. Like I think it's going to happen. I think in September, he'll get the call up because he is a strong bat. And the White Sox, I think, will clinch by the middle of september so they'll need some extra reinforcements for guys who need some days off maybe Loy after he comes back and needs some days off maybe some other people uh first baseman uh jose abreu has been playing a lot of games this year get a day off and let um i know it didn't go well the first time but <laughs> let him yeah. play first base but i i i understand you're me watch that game last night and saying they got Zach Collins up there. That motherfucker can't even catch, and he can't hit.
1: Yeah, our guy Shane reported uh, from his source, and it's a reliable one. And he reported that Yermin was upset more so about the Seve Zavala thing. And uh, these guys have too, been sure. have, have, have been yeah, they've been you know sort of toiling together in the minor leagues for years. Uh, Seve has been, I think he's been in the Sox minor leagues longer than Leary has been up here. Um, you know, uh, but you know, he's frustrated apparently. Uh, that you know he was never really given an opportunity to to catch at the major league level. We saw him for the one inning, and we know Sebi calls a really good game, and he handles the pitching staff well. But the bat tool is not anywhere near where anyone wants it to be right now. So if you're Yermin, and you see that, and I could see why that's frustrating, you know. But how bad must Yermin be behind the plate if we just saw him for the one inning? Because they invested all the time and resources hiring Jerry Naron to work with these guys in the offseason and what does it say if, if you're not comfortable enough with those results that you can throw them out there for extended periods of time I think that's kind of telling in itself maybe they're not giving them an honest look but I'm going to go ahead and trust the, the, the scouts and the player development people to say you know what this is not going to work out long term so you know I'm just going to I, I trust the scouts in that scenario and but I also understand how Yermin would potentially see it, so uh, just is what it is. Can can so that's why you pay seventy three million dollars to Yasmani Grandal for Christ's sake because he can play respectable defense and also hit. So these catchers who could do both things don't come around too often. You know, you've you've got a, t- a total of let's say you have how many catchers are on the roster currently? You know, you've got three between Grandal, Collins, and Zavala. How many actual catchers do you have? Would you put on that one point? Seven five catchers, maybe you know. Do you even have two? a little far. <laughs> yeah, so you know, you you know me. I'm always the optimist. So yeah, that that's the the situation there with your mean, and we'll have more info on that. And uh, it's curious to see. I could see why he wouldn't be in the lineup last night after what, after what he put his teammates through. And from what I heard, that teammates are not particularly happy uh, about what's going on with, with your mean. And, and so.
0: look at the box score. It doesn't look like he's in the lineup tonight. Yeah, or he's yeah, not. Said, yeah. He's not.
1: Yeah, he was initially, remember? That's so it, wow. it was reported. And then he was taken out. That was a weird thing. Usually you don't see him taken out like a healthy scratch type of situation unless it was just an error. You know, sometimes they just put the same line lineup line out from the day before, you know, hastily. And then all of a sudden they, they have to go back and change it. That's what happens. Sometimes, but yeah, so we'll have more info on that as the situation transpires. But it's a big weekend up north for the Sox and the Brewers. This is a really good series uh, with two teams playing really good baseball right now and two really good starting rotations, and re- really evident by these pitching matchups here Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the Sox at Milwaukee. Sunday, it's going to be Sunday night baseball. Um, maybe I will go to this game on Sunday because I just found out that it's no A Rod. Arod is not going to be on the call Sunday night. I don't know if he doesn't do the Milwaukee thing, or they're not even traveling either. Um, but he's not going to be on the call. It's going to be Eduardo Perez. Uh, uh, so you won't hear any of this. The
0: White Sox have one of the best ground screw guy in baseball, Roger Bozard. He's been this since 1983, and he is the best in the business. Uh, they're dragging him in now. It's just there's just no chance. You just can't you can't pitch in this.
1: Yeah, they're dragging him in. Roger Do we love him so much. So, yeah, no so A-Rod. is
0: Matty V going to be there, though? I think
1: so. Yeah, I think it's just Eduardo Perez is just uh, sitting in there. So I, I'm not sure, to be honest with you. But, yeah, that's Sunday night baseball. The Sox on Sunday night uh, underneath the dome of Milwaukee. What else? You know, you got to love it, man. <laughs> <laughs> I heard Mitchell
0: Keith Rosen. Our boss at the score and also does the uh, boss stuff up there in Milwaukee's uh, Odyssey Station says that they don't have proper AC in that dome and that they're probably going to have it open on the day that we're going on Saturday night. That's fine. It's supposed to be a nice hot day. It's like six o'clock a game. Yeah. So I remember last time I went to a game, they had that some bitch open sweating the whole time. Oh yeah, that's that's
1: my first memory when I think about that park up there. It's, it used to be Miller Park, now it's American Family Insurance Ball Park in Milwaukee. So I'm looking forward to getting up there Saturday, and we'll talk more about things to do when you're up there, tailgate information. But this is uh, a really good pitching matchup. It's Friday. It's Freddie Peralta, seven and three with a two three nine versus versus Lucas Giolito, eight and six with a three nine zero. Saturday, the one we'll, we'll be attending, or it's a really good one. Corbin Burns, five and four with a two one six versus Carlos Rodon, eight and three with a two one four. And Sunday night baseball, Brandon Woodruff seven and four with a two hundred four versus Lance Lynn nine and three with a one nine four. So if Mercy. you look, if you look at the matchups, they progressively get better. The ERAs get lower as as you go deeper in the series. So, uh, but I'm looking forward to seeing Carlos Rodon pitch. I'm looking forward to taking my dad up there because uh, we have not seen Carlos Rodon pitch in person this year. So that should be a treat right there. Um, but th- this team, these two teams together, this used to be quite a thing. Herb and I grew up in an era where we remember the Sox-Brewers rivalry. This used Mm -hmm. to be a big deal. This is one of those things where you could take one of those Cubs series off the schedule, in in my eyes, and and replace it with a Brewers series every single year. Like if you want to do – you don't have to do – two sets of three games, you know, you can, you know, split it up.
0: Maybe two and two. um, Yeah,
1: absolutely. Do a home and home. You know, that's how I see it. Like this, this used to be quite a thing for Sox fans to go up there and I'm in Milwaukee fans love coming down here. I remember that, you know, when the Brewers were here relatively recently, so and I'm not. I'm talking about pre-COVID years, um, but they, they had been here recently. So this used to be quite a rivalry, quite a, a two two teams and two cities that were connected. And it was almost like a, a second home park for for a lot of Sox fans because there's a lot of good memories there. You, you throw it back to August 3rd, 1990, uh, Big Frank Thomas gets his first major league hit at the old county stadium back in the day good old number 15 Frank Thomas uh, running around there uh, looked like they took him fresh off the field at auburn uh, very svelte but still a, a beast uh, his first major league hit up there being a triple and i thought
0: that, he was in one of your in your favorite uniform too
1: <laughs> he was but the road gray those, yeah. yeah i would yeah bring those back man Oh, you see a lot of people now are starting to talk about how those uniforms are actually kind of kind of quite cool i heard bernstein and lawrence talking about that the other day how they should bring those back i wonder where they got that idea from we've been talking about that for years on this show i love those i was wearing the campbell c hat today at work and now i'm wearing something different here the traverse city pit spitters uh and then this thing really blossomed into a, a rivalry like before the Brewers moved over to the National League, um, they were managed by uh, Phil Garner, scrap iron and, mm-hmm. and, and the, the, the dust ups with the Terry Bevington led Sox teams were were one uh, of legend. There was this incident and this was Sox and Brewers 1995, Terry Bevington versus Phil Garner.
0: Fastball down to second and to third, not in time. Cerrillo and Guillen exchange words Bevington comes out as the Brewers start to converge toward third. Now Garner will come in. The umpires quickly interceding here. Boy, a lot of bad blood. Yeah. A lot of bad blood between these two ball clubs. Here we go. They're coming in. The managers are going at it. Yep. Wakeman and Lamar Johnson get a hold of Bevington. They all know each other. Bevington was in the Brewer organization in the minor leagues. Well, you can see this coming a long time. A lot of animosity going back and forth between the two ball clubs. Well, Ozzie Guillen overreacting to a play by Jeff Cirillo. Guillen, of course, with the bad knees, Bill, probably sensitive to any contact with the knees, but that was really incidental. Well, there was certainly no cause for Ozzie Guillen to get upset like that on a play.
1: So you, that was in 1995 on a play at third base, Ozzie Guillen trying to steal. And that was when men were men, Herb. Everyone had a mustache, and you had nicknames like Scrap Iron. I don't know what happened to these men nowadays, uh, present company included. Um, but that's what I think about. Whenever I think of the Sox Brewers, I always think about Terry Bevington and Phil Gardner just being at each other's throats practically every game. Um, good, good memories there. And then you take it back to... Uh, July twenty second, 1995, Ron Karkovice is squaring around a bunt, and he gets one in the ribs, and then he charges the mound.
0: Aurora manager, Phil Garner. All right, you're out of here, too. Everything is normal until the ninth. Rob Dibble, look out at the head of Pat Listash. There they go. The bench is empty. Punches are thrown this time. Dibble and Listash ejected. All I want to know is who had the guts to match up with the big hurt Frank Thomas in this one? By the way, the Sox win at 17-13.
1: So, yeah, so uh, the cornucopia of names there, you know, Pat Listash, Rob Dibble, you know, all the Pat great Dibble's ones. Dibbles, the White Sox. <laughs> Dude, that, that 1990, yeah, the 1995 Sox team right there, I mean, you talk about uh, quite a group. But this, this was not a particularly good team <laughs> that season, but, you know, your lineup had uh, one dog in, in Tim Raines, you know, some holdovers yes. from the 93 team. John Kruk, DH that night. Frank Thomas played first. Robin Ventura at third. Mike Devereaux in right. Wow. Uh, Young Ray Durham at second, Carco catching, and Ozzie Guillen at short with Wilson Hernandez uh, on the mound uh, most nights uh, doing one of his best seasons there in 1995. So there is a history there with these teams. Obviously, that's died out considerably over the years. But for you youngsters out there, you probably would not uh, even think of these two teams having such a violent history like that. But, yes, it was true uh, once the Brewers were in the American League. And now it's good to see these two teams go back at it. And this, I mean, we joke – and we had Bart Winkler uh, on the score yesterday, who who hosts Morning Drive up in Milwaukee at Mitchell Station, and we were talking about the the concept of a World Series preview, maybe with with the White Sox and the Brewers, and because these teams pitch so incredibly well, the Brewers, you know, they're they're right there at the top. They've got the second biggest division lead. This is, could be realistically a, a World Series preview. I don't think uh, Cubs fans can handle it, Herb.
0: No, it's going to be really uh, heads exploding. They don't know who to root for. They should obviously root for the White Sox. Like, I think White Sox should have rooted for the Cubs back in the day when they were playing the Indians because that's your hated rival. You should be rooting for the team that is not your hated rival and uh, is for the most part. Cub fans don't hate White Sox fans, even some foolishness this week. You know, just your guy, Joe Kilgallen. You know, I'm about to say, our guy, Joe Kilgallen, got caught in mean, with a joke in there. Ooh, friends. It was tough for him, man. But, yeah, but, uh, he,
1: he weathered the storm. He's still alive.
0: Exactly. He's good. And, you know, Danny Rocket was in there. He was doubled and triple and then quadrupling down. Come on, Danny. Stop it. But, yeah, if it's the White Sox versus the Brewers, I expect you, Cub fans, who are listening now, to be rooting for the goddamn White Sox. (laughs) Remember all the times that you faced the Brewers and remember, you hate them more. And to get back to your point, the only reason I know Phil Gardner is because of the scrap iron name, and also because Hawk Harrelson hated him with the passion. <laughs> oh boy, Those dude. broadcasts yeah. were great.
1: That's why I'm I'm pissed that couldn't I couldn't find the Hawk call uh, of of that big brawl with with Garner and Bevington because yeah Hawk that was one of the people Hawk had a hard on for <laughs> you know like you just you could not stand uh, Phil Garner. And then of course Phil Garner famously went on to manage the Astros. Uh, in two, 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 2005, Sox got that Boom. revenge in '05 uh, against the Astros. So everything it's uh, it's like a circle. Everything's full Him circle. Him and Doug
0: Manzalino just reminded me of each other. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah all the yeah the same kind of base, 90s yeah. baseball guy yeah so yeah i'm looking forward to this series it should be a good test run should be at a premium and I, I do mean it could be a good test because you're gonna have to manufacture some runs you're gonna have to execute with runners in scoring position with the Sox that did, did not do on wednesday evening so this will this will be a good test for them and they're, again they're not at full strength the white Sox they've got two a- acquisitions coming soon via the trade deadline where they get their two players back but it, this is a, a really really good matchup and i I'm looking forward to it because it's not a heavy matchup per se like one would be with with the Indians, but they all count just the same. But it's good to see how you match up against the, a team uh, in the other league in case you do Face them down the road, even though we know that means nothing if you ask any of the players there about that. So we'll take a quick time out, come back and open up the mailbag next here on Locked and White Sox. This episode of Locked and White Sox is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar, it's the best tasting protein bar ever. You got to sign up for the email and text alerts with Built Bar like I did because then you won't miss out on limited flavors like what they have right now. Grasshopper. Cookie. It's Built Bar's version of the classic thin mint cookie that you guys all know and love. All the flavor without that sugar, just 150 calories, 17 grams of protein, and just five grams of sugar. I'm down 24 pounds now thanks to Built Bar. Been getting those bad sweet treats out of my life, replacing them with Built Bars, and it's worked great. As a matter of fact, I just got my shipment in of my new favorite flavor, German chocolate they are outstanding they're 180 calories 17 grams of protein only five grams of sugar and just four grams of net carbs and I only got them because I signed up for their email and text alert so as soon as my favorite flavor was back in stock and that's the thing about a lot of these flavors they sell out quickly I was able to get in there and get my box of 18 before I go on vacation so now I won't be without them even on vacation and there's flavors for everyone at buildbar.com coconut cherry barcia, raspberry mint brownie double chocolate salted caramel strawberry Orange cookies and cream. There's so many different flavors, an endless variety of flavors depending on what your tastes are. So, order today, get the grasshopper cookie or even raspberry or whatever you like. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Isn't that cool? Go to built.com and use our promo code LOCK15. That's going to get you 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. Built Bar, it's the best tasting protein bar ever. Should we open up the bag?
0: Let's do it.
1: A lot of emails. We're going to try to get to some. There's another email. I love email. And we love email too. We love your emails. And if you love to email, how can the White Sox podcast listeners, the Locked on White Sox podcast listeners, if you listen to any of the Sox podcasts, you can email us? where Well, it's a big party here. How can they do that, Herb?
0: Send it to lockedonsox at gmail.com. Questions, comments, whatever you want to send, baseball or not, socks at gmail.com. All right, so naturally,
1: uh, we're going to get into some recommendations and provide some info if you're looking to tailgate this weekend. Our guys from the 108 and Socks Machine are doing a really cool thing. We'll get to that in a second. Um, but uh, it is funny, I, here on my list that we didn't get to yesterday was the – Rumored trade that I teased that we never got to—that the White Sox were in on Nelson Cruz uh, along with the Blue Jays and the Athletics. Um, that was per Dan Clark from at Dan Clark Sports. He's a blogger with forty-one thousand followers uh, who is often wrong. And Sean Anderson, our guy, our Locked On socks, one of the co-hosts, one of the part of the fam around here, he was quick to point out the receipts uh, that Dan Clark is often wrong when he projected uh, predicted Manny Machado to be. On the Yankees, and someone asked him if he's not a Yankee, will you delete your Twitter account? And he said yes, he would. And uh, spoiler alert: he did not delete his Twitter account. But yeah, I don't know where this came from. Uh, the White Sox and Nelson Cruz—I uh, do not think think made uh, any lick of sense here. Uh, as we sit here on June twenty second, yeah, multiple reasons. So I think it was kind of silly. I don't know if why. I don't know. You know, sometimes people just throw things out there because I believe that. You know, the Blue Jays, yeah, could be a fit because I was looking at some of the Blue Jays fan reaction. You, you judge these things by what do the fans of those teams have to say. They'll tell you everything you need to know whether or not it's a good fit. And usually, yeah, people want good players on their team. But Sox fans are pretty smart. They know that this is not a move that is necessarily right for the White Sox right now. But it is funny, though, when you throw out the White Sox in a trade like this, uh, you engage the fan base on Twitter. And that does do stuff for your likes and retweets and followers. Like, I believe that there is something to that because the White Sox fan base is so active on social media. You throw them in any trade rumor and it's going to catch fire because of the way that we interact and we talk about these things. So I think there is something to that. I think maybe that's really the only reason why you would throw the White Sox in in a, in a trade scenario like that. But mm-hmm. uh, I thought that was, that was uh, really dumb <laughs> and we knew that wasn't going to happen. And eventually he, Dan Clark did say that the Rays were also a team to look out for. And of course, that's the one who makes the deal. Uh, but we, our first real email uh, that was from our guy John Strawman, of course. Uh, but the first real email we have here is from David, and and David uh, has got some heat for us here. Cool. Says you guys have it all wrong on the Larusa side, talking about the Yermeen situation from yesterday's show. If you say there are quote Larusa apologists unquote, then I'm one hundred percent certain that you are quote Larusa haters unquote. Socks in the Basement provides nuance on this issue, and you do not. I think Larusa saved your mean from being beamed in the head, or worse, Abreu getting plunked, and yet another star goes down. Never have heard that on your podcast as even a theory. Not shocked at all, your mean playing today. Um, I'm a supporter of you guys, but you are missing the boat named, wait for this boat name, Herb, the USS Obvious. That's from David. Herb? It's a
0: boat? That's a... <laughs> It's a joke. So, Aircraft carrier.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a good pull by you. Good call. USS is usually an aircraft carrier, not a boat. Um, but, but aircraft carriers are on water, though. I mean,
0: Tactically technically speaking, I wouldn't call that a boat. Like, uh, oh, the USS Midway—that's a boat. You know, jumping it. I get what you're saying, David. And yeah, he's wrong, though.
1: He's wrong. I mean, I, and on a God, lot of, I don't...
0: A don't don't ta- put Tanny in there. Well, I'm the one who's putting out these uh, these things about Tony La Russa, and yes, there's a smidgen of blame to happen with Tony La Russa, and yeah, the nuance socks in the basement. That guy is awesome. If you want to listen to him, listen to him. He's awesome, but we don't have to be like him. There's different opinions. Yeah, he can have his. I can have mine. Tanny can have his. And sometimes Tanny and I don't get on the same page on the same way. Like we're different fans. We're different people, and so yeah. I'm not gonna be if we're not gonna acquiesce to what socks in the basement wants us or or you want us to acquiesce to. I believe that Tony Larusa handled that situation very poorly, very poorly. You if and somebody brought it up. I think it was Jim Margolis's a socks machine. He says that if Tony Larusa is mad at Yermi Mercedes for breaking protocol, Tony Larusa broke protocol to address your means breaking protocol by talking about it in public there it twice. is there it is yeah. so you did it multiple times so what are we doing like you don't air your your players out in public that is a huge no-no for a baseball team you keep things in house so yeah i'm a Larusa hater a hundred percent for how he handled that situation so yes you can call me as such
1: yeah you know i just i think he's wrong at least you know it I don't know who exactly who he's, if he's labeling both of us, uh, uh, haters for Tony Larusa. Like if he's sending it both to us and he didn't specify out, so he means the show, and in that case, you know, I can tell you, you know, 100% sure I am not a Tony La Russa hater. I did not like the hire, but that doesn't mean I, I'm a hater of the person, the man, uh, the managerial style. If, if when he does things that I don't agree with fundamentally, I will point them out. I think the way they handled the, the Yermin 3-0 swinging incident, I think it was a disaster the way they handled it. That should have been handled behind closed doors, as you said. And, you know, Tony should have had speaks with Rocco Baldelli and be like, you know what? This is a young kid. I talked to him. Uh, let's just leave it at that. No one was hurt. The game was already out of hand. It was There was no malicious intent. We'll leave it at that. But then what happens? Ends up getting bean the next night anyway. So... And basically the manager invited that situation to happen with his excessive over-the-top uh, kowtowing and, and apologizing on behalf of baseball and to the Minnesota Twins instead of you know, just having support of his guy publicly while reprimanding him privately. I think that, that situation was severely mismanaged. And again, if you listen to what we said, I think we left room for a lot of nuance like last night. We made sure to say that the if you're looking at the pie chart of blame of why Jermaine Mercedes did not succeed – Uh, ultimately at the major league level in 2021, it's the pie chart of blame, The Tony LaRusa 3 0 swinging incident and how that was handled is a very small sliver of that pie chart. We didn't blame it on Tony. A lot of people are very zero sum. Like, if either you're in the blame Tony club or you think Tony has nothing to do with it. But as we know, with most things in life, there is room for nuance. And if if socks in the basement provided uh, more nuance, then that's great because that's what we want. Like, I prefer a nuanced discussion, but I think we handled that. But we just, you know, we got into that discussion about that incident because I didn't want to speculate on things about why Yermin walked away, what his teammates felt about it, things that happened behind closed doors that no one is really privy to other than the players uh, and coaches on those teams because of the way that the media has covered the team this year and the way they they can't really do their job. So I'm not going to speculate on how what I think happened there. I think anything beyond that is pure speculation of you know, and saying that you know tony had, had nothing to do with it you know from from what i heard tony has been supportive and your mean likes tony after that stuff went down but that doesn't change the fact that in that moment that was handled incredibly poorly i think by by everyone i i don't you know not not your mean like you know your mean did some other things that were questionable mm-hmm. this year uh, not on that night i believe you know um, but yeah it just if you want to call me a hater that's fine it's just not true because i just gave tony credit during last week's show, uh, when we were talking about manager of the year candidates and and how he's done a good job getting everyone involved, and I even said that early on this year, uh, getting yep. with the injuries, like getting everyone in the mix, and you know we have the whole Jake Lamb bit and how I'm a Jake Lamb hater, but the reality is like I was applauding Tony at the time for getting guys at bats because he knows that you're going to count on different guys throughout the course of the year and. As it so happened to, to prove after the Luis Robert injury, he's counted on a, a lot of guys a lot sooner than he thought. Now, Billy Hamilton's had considerable playing time, and he's playing with some with some mojo. Still doesn't have a 300-plus OPP, but he's playing with mojo, and he's getting some big hits. So bottom line is I gave him credit for being able to handle and, and really – Put out his own fires because, you know, if, if you look at the, the way the teammates spoke out in support of your mean after that Tony thing, I think that those quotes tell you everything you need to know about how the team felt about how Tony handled it. So don't sit here and tell me that, you know, Tony is, has no fault in this at all, because uh, I think that's just not true. But uh, we appreciate the uh, feedback, David. I, I thank you for supporting the show. And uh, hopefully uh, we didn't lose you as a listener. But, you know, when you make blanket stat- statements like that and then applaud someone for being nuanced, like that's just pretty contradictory right there. Uh, I don't think uh, we don't want we don't hate Tony La Russa and we don't want him to fail because that's bad for the White Sox. And it's bad for the show, bad for I the fan base.
0: I, I don't think even if he fails, I don't think it would matter that much because, you know, me. Yeah, I mean, and I think the 2021 White Sox speaks to my theory of managers don't matter yeah. that much in wins and losses. This yeah. is the poster boy for that, <laughs> the poster elder man. <laughs> yes.
1: Uh, when you say poster boy and Tony in the same sense, I think of the of the meme with Tony with the with the with his cap cocked, uh, during the south side. Oh, when <laughs> hey, hey. oh, well, they slip here on occasion, folks. Um, next one up here is from Phil Rutherford. Phil says, "This here's a fun discussion. You know what, Phil? Let's uh, let us decide if it's a fun discussion or not." Okay, he says, "What White Sox players do you think will win or be up for awards?" at the end of the year obviously Rodon and Lynn are up and front runners for Cy Young but what do you think about Vaughn and Kopech and what they need to do to win rookie of the year Jose Gold Glove Silver Sluggers thanks for the consideration that's Phil Rutherford thank you Phil yeah Herb how do you see any of these postseason awards shaking out in terms of uh guys with the White Sox caps holding up these awards at the end of the season
0: um if we're going manager of the year Tony has a great job a great chance to get that yeah
1: you said it great job you love him. I'm, You're a Tony yeah, lover. You're a Tony apologist. A Tony You're a Tony cuck.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, manager of the year. year. Yeah,
1: he's going yeah. to win it just because of all the injuries. And if this team like doesn't fall flat on their face, he's going to win manager of the year. And that's fine.
0: Yeah. And so, yeah, that's – Probably a, a Tony uh, Award to lose uh, as far as rookie of the year. No, there's some better candidates
1: than Andrew Vaughn. Yeah, yeah, we've Andrew seen Ron a couple is of probably them. Probably not
0: going to happen. Um, the guy down there, Garcia, I believe, uh, Adelis Garcia.
1: In, yeah, the Rangers. In Texas.
0: Yeah, he's really good. So he's probably got a. There's two. Track on that
1: one. Two Garcias uh, in Texas. You talk about uh, Luis Garcia with the Astros as well, uh who we saw. Yeah, I mean, and look no further in your division. You know, I. I you talk about the the white hot Tigers. Uh, akil badu is doing his damn thing up there and you know
0: so and just a side note the what the reason why we should win this year those tigers are coming they even got that torkelson guy who they drafted number one overall a couple years ago
1: last year yeah 2020 right they're
0: coming so yeah let's win they're good like not good good but and you have to worry about them this year necessarily but they're coming so yeah they have a lot of good, young, talented people. We saw the Tyreek Scooble Scal- guy and then um, uh, Mize, who is hit or miss when he pitches versus the White Sox. But when he pitches versus other teams, he looks pretty solid.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It's Maybe it's one of those things the Sox have their number because the Sox play – a lot better and the sox you know the tigers don't play as well against the Sox. and despite the fact that they, they beat everyone else but I think that's going to come you know those chickens are going to come home to roost pretty soon because they, they they're playing good baseball and man maybe managers do matter AJ Hinch over there and, and Chris Fetter what he's done with the pitching staff who our guy Chris Castellani who is becoming a multimedia star um, with this Tigers recap still for Barstool you know he talks about the Fetter effect and maybe that's a part of it but Vaughn and Kopeck, work of the year I don't see it because Kopech uh, just doesn't have the, the appearances in the innings log to be in the mix. Um, but that doesn't mean he's not going to make a huge impact. You know, I think if, if he would have been healthy this whole time. He'd be right there when you you took you look at these awards. Winning teams are always are going to have special consideration. Uh, Vaughn is just—he's been good. He's been he's been great for this team. He's been a good teammate with adjusting the left field. But rookie of the year, unless he gets really hot, which I could see happening, all of a sudden Andrew Vaughn goes crazy during a a, a a pennant drive, and all of a sudden he starts you know just hitting homers left and right and and bumping up that OBP a little bit. I think he can get himself in the mix, but I think those guys that we mentioned are right there. I think uh, Adolis Garcia is pretty much has it locked up at this point um but you talk about roll aids relief pitcher of the year i think liam hendricks has a shot there uh the saves and opportunities are not what we want but i think for the most part we we would give him a solid grade and he'll be right there good team so he's he's leading the league in saves so he'll probably win that as long as the socks don't fall on their face um jose gold glove Maybe with the MVP, you know, with the MVP award, he's, he's got, he's in the ether now. That's, that's all I'll say about that. You know, the, the defensive metrics, he's not the best first baseman, but he's improving. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but once you're an MVP, all of a sudden people look at you a certain way you become a lot more attractive, I think, uh, in terms of voting for this type of stuff. But yeah, I'm trying to think of what other awards there would be. I think we got, well, it. Cy, Cy Young, Young we yeah. have
0: two, we have two candidates. Of course, I think right now, since it is a Yankee and he is Garrett Cole, he is the favorite. But if I had my money, Carlos Rodon's the best pitcher in the American League. And him and Lance Lynn will be battling out for the AL Cy Young because I think Garrett Cole's going to get exposed a little bit more with that spin rate uh, going down to, uh, so precipitously. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Carlos Rodon winning the American League Cy Young because he's been ass-kickingly great.
1: Absolutely, yeah. So I think Phil nailed that one. So yeah, I think I think we've got it there. What other awards are there? Uh, Manager of the Year, Relief Man of the Year, Silver Sluggers. Uh, you know, Moncada. Well, he's got no. he's got
0: Devers to compete with. I mean, he's right there yeah. as far as WAR. Um, if the power continues, and he's just starting to, yeah, he's just starting to hit. Yeah. So maybe maybe he can get a silver slugger there, Timmy at shortstop. Trying to think of all the rest of the shortstops. He won it last year. Yeah, you got Correa. Mm. You know, Rays having a good year as a yeah. walk year. It's yeah. nice. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, there's uh, individuals that can win. I mean, if he gets back in time, maybe Yasmani can win the Silver Slugger for catcher. I'm yeah. trying to think of anyone like Zanino out there doing well. Um, Salvi Perez, of course, having a great year as yeah. a Kansas City Royal. Um, mm, yeah. yeah. So that's pretty much it as far as people who are eligible for awards on the white Sox,
1: but even so that's good that's pretty good i mean mean, and and if you're gonna say
0: executive of the year rick hahn is oh
1: yeah our guy rick hahn of course uh yeah executive of the year absolutely uh for that's that's one i knew we were forgetting something there but uh, uh next one is coming in uh from a voicemail this one is coming from the 623 and this looks like a familiar number let's see what we got going on here hey chris and herb uh Do you think Tony realizes yet that Crochet can't handle the 10th inning with the runner at second? That's the third time he's run him out there. That's the third time he's failed miserably. I don't understand, but whatever. (laughs) Thanks, guys.
0: Thank
1: you. <laughs> um, I'm trying to go back to the – yeah, that that was Mark. That was, that's Mark right there, and uh, we, we thank him for contributing often. And, yeah, it's a weird thing. Crochet, I, I'm sure no pitcher enjoys being thrown out there in those 10th inning scenarios with the runner on second. We, we saw – and,
0: and just to clean it up, it was the eighth inning. I understand it's the extra yeah, inning. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It was yeah. One, part of the first part of the uh, doubleheader on Monday.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think any pitcher really enjoys being in that spot. Um, and, but we're still trying to figure out Crochet and what he is really at this point we know he's not what he was in 2020 uh, we're hoping for you know something not as bad as he has been at times so but something in between really and you know it, it that, that was one of the moves that we talked about the other day is why don't you bring in Hendricks in that spot right there. But, you know, I, I don't know. They, they need more out of the left-handers. They need more from, from everyone in that bullpen. They need more from Crochet. They need more from Bummer. They need, they need some stability there. And you need you already need a right-handed arm, I think, at the deadline. But Cody Hoyer not looking good um, lately it does not help you. You know, I just, they've, they've got some issues there. And, and after last night's game, Two nights ago, that I really I don't know I don't want to be too doom and gloom about the bullpen, but I've got I've got some concerns here about uh, getting it to to Kopech and, and Hendricks here, and you can't throw Kopech out there every day, as we know they have not done that unless they're really going to ramp him up aggressively or have him go multiple innings. But you, you you still need some more right-handed arms out there. So, but the crochet thing, yeah, it, it's it's a tough call. It's still a kid who's adjusting to life at, at the big league level. What do you think about crochet when you see him, or
0: I like him, and the other day when well, we were at that game, when well, I was at that game, remember, he did lead off. The guy uh, who was at Luis Arise led off with a single, so you have Celestino going to third base. Then the next batter, Josh Donaldson, hits the ball to third base. Yoan Mankata's right there. The uh, uh, Celestino's off third base. Yoan Mankata's, like slips a little bit. It was an easy out right there. He had the out right in his hands, or he could have went to second, and first got the double play and conceded that run you know just like hey that runs in the next batter and trevor Larnick, crochet of course dominates and killed him and struck him out so while that outing and ultimately he gets the loss in that regard i do not believe that he was necessarily bad in that outing garrett crochet he wasn't for my money yeah he, um, he's, he's get, not gonna we, get everybody out yeah but mark's, It wasn't like the, the pittsburgh's uh outing that we saw <laughs> oh boy where he was just just bad
1: yeah that was more was concerning because that was a clean inning you know mark's mm-hmm. question was more about the, the guy with the runner on second which is weird for everyone i think is my larger point but yeah what your your point is absolutely valid like he didn't look horrendous he just you know You know, uh, Babbitt victim. You know, however you want to see it. But yeah, let's let's keep throwing them out there, and you know, maybe some more work. Like these guys want to get out there and throw, and I feel like we haven't seen Crochet nearly enough this year, quite frankly. Um, So these are one of the things that Tony's gonna have to figure out. You know, how to how to the push and pull of some of these young guys. You know, who remember Crochet his first real professional season his first full mm-hmm. season in almost his first big league season ever but his first full season pitching in two seasons you know because mm-hmm. he didn't have the college season last year so uh, keep that in mind when you talk about some of these young guy, young guys and I don't think he's a guy that you'll have to worry about per se um, we saw him in some big spots earlier on in the season against the twins you remember that that big appearance that he had Uh, when the Sox swept the Twins and the Twins really were laid to rest uh, earlier on this year. And he had some big moments there, getting out of a a big jam there. So it's in there. Uh, The question is, can they get him enough work where he feels comfortable, I think. And, you know, uh, the the extra inning rule, it's frustrating. I think that's more so what Mark's point is. It's frustrating when guys can't Mm -hmm. come through in that spot. But it's a weird rule, and I hate it. And I wish it would go back to the way it was. And I wish the commissioner didn't hate the sport that he governs. We'll take a quick time out, and on the other side, we'll give you some recommendations if you're heading up to Milwaukee this weekend. Next, here on Locked On White Sox, this episode of Locked On White Sox is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season's in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Money lines every night, over unders—it's all there for you. If you enjoy betting on baseball at Bet Online, they've got all the other sports too, and. NBA Finals coming to a close, football futures, golf. I've talked to you about some of the crazy fun prop bets they have going on at BetOnline. Got some new ones here just added. Aside from the alien abduction props, which I always enjoy, they have... Who will Bill Gates date next? What about Jeff Bezos? Who will marry first, Bezos or Gates? You can place a bet on that. Before the next pitch, head to bet online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in on the game as teams prep for their runs to the postseason. Head to the website and use your mobile device today to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Okay, finally here. Milwaukee tailgating recommendations and Milwaukee food recommendations. There's a few that I've compiled here, but I just want to mention uh, the 108 crew. Did you see, by the way, a uh, loaf socks math video, we, did. didn't, we didn't talk about that with the Your Mean stuff yesterday, but uh, very well done. It was like a, almost like a ransom video. He had demands for Jason Benetti and Steve Stone. He wanted prizes and this other stuff, and he was threatening to uh, not put on clothes until his demands that, were met.
0: Yeah, and that <laughs> humble brag, hey, I got a hot tub that seats four.
1: Okay, let's talk about the hot tub. It's very sweet, and it makes me want to put a pool and a hot tub in our backyard here every time I see it. Uh, but I wonder, now, if I did a video like that, And I left. Did you notice how he left the the device? You probably don't know what this is. You're not a homeowner. Maybe you've seen it before—the little pod that was floating in Beefloaf's pool. That that wasn't a baby root. Yes. Uh, that the pod <laughs> was still floating there. It was. Uh, it's meant for keeping the pool clean. We've got one in ours. We've got a real like a kiddie pool, basically. Uh, one more summer, we're not going to be able to use it because my kid's going to be too big for it. But it, it's meant. You just keep it in there, and it keeps the water clean. It's like a little Clorox drop uh, product, and it's fine. Um, it was floating in the pool, which is you know maybe you can take it out during the video. And also the Mister Clean. Uh, scrubber wipes were were floating in the pool. Obviously, they had just wiped it down to make sure that their the jacuzzi was TV ready, which I respect. You want to put on a good face for the public, uh. But they were the the the, the sponges are just floating in the water. Like if and if I would have put that video out there for all to see on television, my wife would have uh, tanned my hide. She would have gave me a whooping. It's like, what are you doing? We look we look ridiculous out here with those with those sponges still floating in the pool. Um, and, a, and a
0: basketball hoop too. This guy over here yeah. is fun.
1: Millions, <laughs> I know. You know, we're just the little guys here, but the guys from the 108. I don't want to start the whole beef up again, but beef, uh, so to speak. Beef did a really nice job, and I'm looking forward to seeing him and the crew from the 108 and Socks Machine on Saturday.
0: Him and socks Summer, of course, right? <laughs> Not your guys, <laughs> yeah. Crazy, well, no, don't know?
1: don't forget. You know, all my favorite guys oh, yeah, from my from the, Summer, you uh, love them. Well, all my guys from my from the 108, of course. My guy Mysock Summer, who I adore, uh, with the the Lucas Gilito bobblehead. I I feel like I don't. I don't want to ask them. I'm going to be in Lake Geneva next weekend for the Indian series when they're doing the Moncada giveaway. And I know they're going to be there and they're going to have plenty, but I can't go ahead and ask them. I'm going to have to, Come correct uh, and uh, really maybe give him give him something like a bottle of whiskey or something <laughs> it's when I see him Saturday as maybe a preemptive thank you uh, for for the Moncada bobblehead. I can't come hat in hand again and ask for a Moncada bobblehead because I know he's a man who knows how to get things uh, red. So I'm going to look forward to seeing my guys, Sock Summer, Beefloaf, uh, Pete Hand, and of mm-hmm. course. My guy, Wally. <laughs> from, yeah, you know, so all my guys from the 108. I think that's all of them, right? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Of course, Terezi. I, I can't wait to see those guys, man, because I, I have not seen them in a game yet this year. I haven't been to many games, but I'm looking forward to seeing them. They're doing a tailgate with Sox Machine with uh, Josh Nelson and Jim Margulis. Jim, probably not going to be there, correct? He, he lives in he
0: looks like in Nashville or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So... Did you see Josh Nelson's uh, trunk? Excuse me? It's, it's not a Twitter handle, but his car. He has a trunk in it. Was that
1: I uh, saw? I saw a beefloaf uh, set up with all the goose island there. Did Josh Nelson have quite a setup? Oh, I too? thought that was
0: Josh Nelson. Well, maybe
1: was it saying. was a retweet. Yeah, maybe I'm wrong. But yeah, I saw someone loaded up their their caravan with a bunch of uh, delicious alcohol.
0: 312 uh, as my mom calls it oh yes. well of course yeah so Some delicious 312
1: that we got to get in on that man we got to get a beer sponsorship but like you know the goose island just you know with a very very uh oh be- who's your
0: guy my sock summer with the tweet and re- the retweet by josh nelson
1: okay that's what it was I'm, i was driving i shouldn't have been even been on my phone to be honest with you uh so maybe i saw what, maybe b flow free tweeted it and that's yeah. what i saw oh, yeah but either way it's a either way they've got They've got the stash ready and I don't know. They're doing a tailgate. If we're just gabbing away here, they're doing a tailgate in the, in the yount lot, the Robin yount lot up there at American family insurance park. Um, if I did what they suggested, Josh Nelson said, pay for parking in advance and you'll save a few bucks. So I did that. I paid for parking online. You, you they sent it to your ballpark app along with your tickets that you already have or whatever. So I bought my parking already to save like five bucks after taxes and they're going to be in the yount lot and they've got koozies for everyone who's the first 150 people that show up so i'm not sure if i'll get there in time we're just going to do the quick uh quick pop in and then the irish goodbye uh, afterwards, you know, so I'm going to bring my dad by. Hopefully I'll see you guys up there at the tailgate. Snag me one of those koozies uh, if they're going fast, no doubt, but if you're looking for a good time with good people, uh, say what's up to Sox Machine and 108, then I'm sure it's going to be, all, uh, all the other podcasts are going to be over there represented, but it's their, it's their shindig, So, and they've got the branding to prove it, so tip of the cap to those guys for Putting on a hell of a party every time they tailgate, and this should be really fun. I'm looking forward to seeing people uh, in in this capacity because I, I missed out the last time they did the big tailgate at the at the G Rate that day on that Saturday where it rained. You know that looked like a, a blast, so I'm looking forward to doing this uh, north of the border there. And uh, recommendations, I got some from listeners. Uh, I got some from Twitter. I got some from our guy Brad Parkin, Danny's brother. Are you uh,
0: saying you got it some from white Sox Twitter? White Sox Twitter. White Sox Twitter.
1: I did. Yes. And Janice, of course, from the North Side Sox podcast, along with our guy Sam Sherman. She's got a great recommendation. And uh, she says, any Sox fans heading, heading to Milwaukee this week. Are you talking about
0: Janice Rossi, the whore? <laughs> no. Uh, okay. she's, she's
1: in 2R. Mr. Superintendent, you have a whore living in your building. You hear me? Um, yeah, no, not that Janice. Um, okay. And not... Uh, not- Pull fucking Janice with her Epstein Ba. <laughs> not that Janice either. <laughs> uh, not Janice Soprano. Um, they do slip. So she says any White Sox fans heading to Milwaukee this weekend should check out Broken Bat Brew. This sounds right up my alley. She says it's fantastic. It's baseball themed beers. And they have a really cool bobblehead collection like that for a dweeb like me. Uh, yeah, that's 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 where it's at. So I, I may have to go up there. Maybe if I sneak up there on Sunday night, uh, uh, Broken Bat Brewery, Janice recommends. So uh, shout out to Janice uh, for the dope recommendation there. Um, and we had an email come in recommending a spot here. Let me pull it up uh, Locked on Socks mailbag, socks at gmail.com. Uh, Meg recommends this. As a lifelong Sox fan who spent many years living in Milwaukee, I try to get back to Milwaukee whenever I can, and the Sox playing in Milwaukee this weekend provides a perfect excuse. As far as where to eat, there's not many places I wouldn't recommend, but there's definitely some I'd recommend over others. At the park, you can't go wrong with cheese curds, a pretzel, a brat, and some custard. I love it. Some custard. Um, I'm definitely going to get all those things. Uh, Around-ish the ballpark, my favorite restaurant for a burger, is Sobelman's on St. Paul. Saz's, S-A-Z... S-A-Z apostrophe S state house for barbecue. Saz's state house for barbecue. Fourth base restaurant for sandwiches and Wisco craft beers and cafe Hollander for brunch the next morning. If you're spending the night. So there you go. Herb, you guys are spending the night. So maybe a little cafe Hollander for brunch the next morning uh meg uh says enjoy the game uh the food and the drinks i definitely will i, I enjoy abroad up there uh, north of the border and finally here our final recommendation comes from brad brad parkins who is the brother of danny parkins he's a big time milwaukee green bay wisconsin sports fan bit huge bucks fan so it was a big week for him uh and he was on our radio show the other day basically basking in the glow of being at the clinching game for the Milwaukee Bucks. And we used, of course, our 50,000 watt blowtorch to crowdsource and ask him uh, what are some good spots in Milwaukee. And here's what Brad Parkins had to say. Yeah. First of all, they should all hydrate, If they hydrate a lot if they're going to Milwaukee, because I hope they step it up up there. Um, I think the area around Pfizer Forum is an ideal place to set up camp because there's plenty of uh, new bars and classic bars uh, there, that will be ideal. And many of them will have shuttles that will take people right out to uh, where the Brewers play. And so uh, some of our friends yesterday were on the upper deck of this place called Uncle Buck's. And it was, they had great, you know, outside decks to watch the, the whole Pfizer Forum and the Deer District having a great time. So I think that would be one spot um and anything that it's it's old world third street and that that street is lined with bars so i think that's where i would send everybody yeah so brad parkins would know as a big time uh, wisconsin sports fan those sound good uh you know uh, a nice rooftop deck there uh before and after the game maybe that sounds like fun i'm looking forward to heading up there
0: me too I've never really been to the city proper, and this time we're not going either. We're staying in, I think, Wawatosa, which is west of the city in the ballpark, about four miles west of American Family Insurance Park. But um, I'm going to enjoy myself. These guys are always a hoot to hang out with. Josh Nelson, of course, uh, the guys from the 108. I'm sure my guys from Sons of Harnack up there. At least one of them finally got to see Hot Top Take Tommy at the ballpark. He's showed up at the White Sox ballpark, and I know uh, drunk Sox fan Steve is gonna be there. He's been everywhere. He's been in Pittsburgh. He's been in Baltimore. Saw him at the Sox park. He's gonna be up in Milwaukee having a great time. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to meeting, greeting, putting a face to a name. You know, you got a moniker that I see on Twitter. Moniker, real name,
1: Moniker and Rachel.
0: Yeah, both of them. <laughs> That'll be great to have. Uh, are you, you know, gonna just,
1: Are you gonna wear your Lawrence jersey and wonder how people
0: recognize you again? I'm gonna be like, Who, how How these guys just I love the podcast, Herb. How, how, they know my how name? do they know? It's weird. Yeah. Yeah, it's so weird. Um, I don't know if I'm wearing the jersey. I'm, I would, the other day at the ballpark, I wore the Ed Farmer shirt. The day before that, the Friday game, I wore the jersey. So I'm trying to change it up. So jersey, Ed Farmer shirt. This one might be a locked-on shirt, which I wore in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Or it might be the Good Guys Talk White Sox. Um, shirt I, I purchased from, they're going to be up there too, I believe Pat and Nick will be up there and yeah, I know Nick will at least be up there from that podcast, so I might wear that t-shirt, depends, it's going to be 91 degrees, so any black shirt's going to be me sweating Oof. and smelling up there, so, you know, stay away guys, stay away, if you for real quick, say what's up, and then I'm gonna probably be sweating, so it's going to be smelly, so uh, <laughs> I would stay away, and I'm going to be drinking a lot because they brought a bunch of 312 up there I'm gonna be drinking a lot of three twelve.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm driving back the same night, so I probably won't do. Oh, uh, I, yeah, it's what it is. You know, I'm a family man. You got I got a family. I got know, things to got. do. You know, uh, my, my dad's, dad's yeah, one too, right? Yeah, my, my dad's a family man. Yes, He's uh, he he has me as a son. Yeah. A man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so yeah, I don't think he's not really the type to you know to to stay late and and hang out, and nor nor am I. Uh, but we will we'll we'll do the quick pop the drop in uh, over at the tailgate, and you know I don't know what I'll be what jersey I'll be wearing. Uh, I don't think I'll go with the with the farmer this time around. Uh, maybe I'll let's go with the old classic Frank. Uh, you know what? It's a road game. They'll be sporting the road grays, you would think. So maybe I'll go with the Juan Uribe. I haven't uh, dusted mm. that one off in a while. I've seen that. Yeah. So there you go. So sorry, I have ruined the surprise. I'll scrub it. I'll, I'll scrub it from the podcast so I can surprise you. Um, but yeah, I think I'll go with the Juan Uribe road gray uh, 05 World Series joint. I forgot, right there. I
0: still have the white uh, vest, but it has a big, huge mustard stain on it. You can't get it never, out. Never coming out. It's. I've had it for years and it's never come out. I Tide blasted it and I've. Put in the washer like seventeen times and still can see it.
1: Yeah, it might be a wrap for that one. You got to hit it with the uh, with baking soda. Init- baking
0: soda? I got baking soda.
1: Well, you have to hit it with that, like you know, before it really sets in, because it what it does is. People got that one too. <laughs> Yeah, it's. <laughs> It's it's our last show of the week. I'm just gonna cruise right on by it. Uh, yeah, the the baking soda. It's you know you you rub that in there. Uh, you know with a, with a little soap and water, and uh, it's supposed to you know bring the stain right up to the top. But I think it's too late in the game for your 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 vest jersey. Maybe you can just let the let the guns. You know, put, bring out the gun show this weekend. Just go with the sleeveless vest right there and show them and, who's and, boss. It, yeah, and
0: you have just arms. Yeah, just like stretch marks all the way down the arms. Exactly. People love that.
1: So, yeah, but yeah, if uh, but maybe you try a little OxyClean. Not you know, you know, you can put the whole jersey dunk it in some OxyClean. It's been working wonders around here. I I put all my sneakers, all my workout shoes in the OxyClean. You give it a good bath for about 8 hours and then you wash them in the dryer in the, in the washer and dryer and then you, boom, it's like new shoes. I dunk my Air Max in there and it's like, man, this is like I just got back from the store. So, uh, Rest
0: in Peace, Billy Mays. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Farmer used to love talking about the Sham Wow, and uh, Man, <laughs> guy. the Sham Wow guy's dead too. is he? <laughs> remember, isn't he? What the fuck? Maybe, I don't know. Did I kill him? What uh, the hell happened? <laughs> Let's see. Sham Wow guy is dead. Wait, let me let me make sure. Oh, oh no. no, he's still very
0: much alive. Oh, what's he? Oh, and he's killing living- my guy Vince Offer.
1: <laughs> no, yeah, he's still alive. Um, yeah, so apologies to the family of the Sham Wow guy, uh, but yeah, that—that's I think that's all we got here. It was a little bit of a longer show than we anticipated, but mm-hmm. when we get the mail back going, and you can, you guys can enjoy this episode. I, I give you permission, to enjoy it all weekend, guys. It's, it's, it's our treat. It's our pleasure. Uh, but we figured you guys could be going up there any one of these days, so these recommendations are evergreen. And uh, we'll be back on Monday with a recap of this Brewer series and hopefully some fun stories uh, about Saturday's game. Uh, so
0: that's all I got here, Herb. That is Chris Tannehill. Follow him at Chris Tannehill, me, Herb Lawrence, Echnerwall23. show is at Locked On Sox. You guys know how to call us, 312-566-8727 or Socks at gmail.com for the email. For Chris, my name's Herb. Thank you for joining us on Locked On Sox.